turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Another day, another dollar. Haven't had much time off this year because, well, it's the end of the year as it looks like right here, right now. And it's been a COVID-driven year that's had a bear market and an amazing recovery. We entered the year going in thinking the valuations were high and stretched for a 10-year upcycle bull market. Maybe later today we'll talk about some bear markets. There was certainly one after World War II ended. There's the famous one with the Great Depression back in 1929 to 1932, after World War II, 1946 to 1949. Both of them lasted about three years, then December 61 to uh, June 62. That was coupled with the Bay of Pigs. Then you get a little bit of Richard Nixon thrown in there. Very weak economy in 68 to 70. You got a big bear market from 73 to 74 when there was the Yom Kippur War in Israel and the Arab oil embargo. Uh, do you see there's a trend here? Bear markets didn't last two to three years, not two to three weeks. We had a bear market from 2007 of uh, October to March 2009, a bear market from March of 2000 to October of 2002 after a historic run on Wall Street. Bear markets are normal. They're healthy. Right there, I'm counting four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine or ten bear markets, not including the one from this year, which I don't even know we could technically consider it because it was so short-lasting. A bear market the last two or three years is a lot more frustrating than the bear market the last two or three weeks. Apple today announced AirPods Max. Get this. They're over-the-ear Noise-canceling headphones are going to be available December 15th in time for Christmas. $549. They're similar to Bose and Sony headphones with features like noise-canceling. They've got a stainless steel frame. It's kind of nice that they're not a plastic frame. Maybe, just maybe, they won't snap when they accidentally fall to the ground, right? Something tells me mine will. Some customers don't want noise-canceling Air buds or air pods, I call them buds, but you get the idea. These will sit on your ear. They're a little bit more comfortable for longer periods of times. They offer similar support for things like Hey Siri for voice commands, quick pairing to your iPhone and noise cancellation. Think of them as Beats by Dre, but with a lot of Apple tie towards them. Ah, my phone just went off because I said Hey Siri. <laughs> I should do that to everyone's phone right now. Hey Siri, call Rob Black. Okay, so none of you have my number. That's good. That's good. 
Tesla's going to raise up to $5 billion in a share offering the second time in three months. The stock has been on such a raging run. Why not issue shares? Elon Musk could sell some of his own insider shares. They can have the company create new shares and bring them to the public. Dilutes the current shareholders. But when you go from 150 12 months ago to 629, you sell some shares. It's almost like Apple should kind of maybe do the same thing, but they don't need to. They don't have to. They're not in manufacturing electric vehicles, which are much more cost issues, per se, of ramping. But Tesla's, that's a smart move. I don't knock Elon Musk in any way, shape, or form. He's using his currency, his uh, stock paper, to create currency cash. They have a big old war chest. Now they can go out and acquire other companies. They can acquire technologies. They can build manufacturing. They can do marketing. They can do a lot of things with that cash. Basically bought them, since they're not losing money, basically bought them years of a lifeline of survivability, for lack of a better word. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. FDA, Food and Drug Administration says Pfizer's COVID vaccine provides some protection after first dose. That's good news because it's a two-dose regimen. I do worry that some people will say, I'm out after getting one shot. Especially if you're laid up in bed for a day, which is, they say, the most likely side effect. The FDA said Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine trials was consistent with the recommendations put forth by the agency for emergency use authorization. It added that two doses of the vaccine were highly effective in preventing confirmed cases of COVID-19. Um, so we roll on there. Howard Stern has extended his long-running Sirius XM radio deal for five more years. That is going to make him an old man when it runs out. He's 66 now, so that puts him at 71. There was a pioneer in radio who I never liked. Don Imus, who I think stayed a little bit too long. Only because he ended up kind of feeble and muttering. And again, I'm not knocking age. But if you're in the broadcast business and you're worried, it's a lot about appearances. I once was told to shave my goatee on TV because the fans, the uh, people at home might think I look like the devil and change the channel. The king of all media, Howard Stern, has extended his long-running deal with SiriusXM, adding five more years to his contract. He's currently working under a five-year deal that had been estimated to be worth about $100 million per year. I do knew too much more about the financials in this scenario. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So we hit the Apple AirPods Max. We hit the FDA. We hit Tesla raising money. We've got Howard Stern. We have markets that opened up once again negative. Rock, scissors, paper. Who's winning today? COVID cases rising is winning. Stimulus is still out there as a possible turnaround play on the markets at any moment if Congress does it. 
But stocks are falling today. It's still hovering near record levels. They're waiting, ultimately, I think, for stimulus or for the vaccine to kick in and a recovery to play out. How do you feel about going back to work in spring slash summer of 2021? Now you're down to your last month of 2020. Investors this week have been closely monitoring developments in Washington, D.C. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Charles Schumer have backed the $908 billion coronavirus, coronavirus stimulus proposal. That's a lot, but it works. It's yet to be seen if Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell will support the near $1 trillion plan. I think he went on a little bit of a rant last night. But that's as far as I got in the headlines because it's not something we really normalize. Beyond meats moving a little bit higher, maybe there's something there. What do I mean by that? Maybe it's saying restaurants are going to be open in six months. They need the restaurants and the grocery business. Just when it was hitting both of them, restaurants shut down, right? Whoops. Oopsie boopsie. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's talk money. been doing this for 20 almost 25 years oh yeah in 2021 it'll be 25 years started in 96 uh doing financial radio that's a long time i've come across people that i like i've come across people i don't like i really really like patrick o'hare from briefing.com i think cfp chad burton's the smartest financial planner i've ever met I found some people that go above and beyond in helping you with financial products and financial services, which I really dig. There's some people that I don't like. I think it's pretty clear that I don't like Susie Orman because I think she's more into her. She kind of wears pants as shirts and her fake tan is just a bit too much for me. For me, but also her financial advice, I think, is downright miserable and rotten at times. Um. And I think she goes on PBS and she hawks a lot of bad product. Am I jealous a little bit? Not really. I've got more than enough to last till the day I die. I'm not a jealous type. I'm not a materialistic type. But she gives some bad advice. One of the things that I saw one year, first year I came to the Bay Area, was probably 2001, 2000, that Christmas. And um, CNBC did a special with her on... She went to an African church, like a church in Africa. And it was filled with all people of color. And it's one of the poorest nations in the world. And she talked about the value of money and how if you have money, it's empowering and it releases you. And it was kind of a woman of color kind of because she's orange. She's not Caucasian. And then she was talking to Africans, African Africans, uh, people of color. Um, I'm as pale as they come. Um, I'm almost translucent. I'm so pale, but I, I just didn't like her. And I bring this up because like, 
she started selling like a kit on how to repair your credit for $99. And there's something called Google and you can type in how to repair your credit. And it comes up with just the same exact stuff she's selling for $99. And if you have credit issues, you don't got $99 thrown out into something you can Google search. I've never, I've never sold shot skis. I've never had an interest. I don't have, I've got this great concept of a, a, a fan club, but I've never really done anything with it. Fan club's called I Hate Rob Black because then you kind of defang your detractors automatically. But I don't like her. One time she was talking about getting insurance and she's, you know, she says, I talk to all my insurance agents. If you call 1-800, blah, blah, blah. And the insurance company, they said, no, no, she contracts out to us. We've never met her once. Um, and I, I started kind of like figuring her out. And then she has this thing where she's like, mm -hmm. so she's talking all ethnically charged up when people call in. Hey, Susie, I want to get a watch for my birthday. It's $800. Can I afford it? And she goes, uh-uh, no, you can't afford it. Uh-uh, no way you can't afford it. Talk to the hand because the elbow's not listening. And like, you're like, that's a lot for a 60-year-old-plus Caucasian woman to go all ethnic on her response and try to be more like a 20-urbanite. Um, not my thing. Another person I don't like is Dave Ramsey. Um, Dave Ramsey's the king of... Uh, financial media for low-income people and i don't like it i don't like it at all he uses churches to get in and, and spread his message of of capitalism of his business um i don't think he's a guru in any way shape or form uh he's syndicated on some stations that are fairly weak all things considered uh, but there's a place for him some of the stuff I, I'm okay with and some of it, I, it repulses me. Um, he says, don't try to justify frivolous purchases. I get it. Uh, if you have a boat, a speedboat, it, it's a lot of money. If you have a Lamborghini, it's a lot of money. And a lot of people overspend on things that they don't really, really need. Don't buy with a credit card what you can buy with cash. I hate that one. I hate cash. It can be stolen. It can be misplaced. I hate debit cards. It can be stolen and it can be robbed from you. Credit cards, you have no liability. Almost no liability. Other than can you control it? And he's assuming you can't control it, so he doesn't like credit cards. I'm assuming you can't. Pay your balance every month. I auto pay my balances. I've never had a finance charge ever. I've never had a late fee ever since I was 20. Um, but you get the idea. He'll say things like, don't buy new cars. Don't buy a new cell phone. Don't buy new countertops. I get it. You pay a premium for new. He says the average millionaire drives a four-year-old car with 41,000 miles on it. And of course it's paid for. Um, when car companies are willing to put you in a car for 1%, 1.5%, 2%, I'm okay with it. It means you're paying 1.5 or 2% more than the, the sticker price, for sure. Um, but it also builds credit, and it's a low cost. 
I'm not a big fan of new cars. I'm not a big fan of, of debt on cars. But I get most of Americans can't pay for cars with cash. Don't spend what you can invest. I don't care. Don't go to a fancy college. You know, there's some truth in that. But there's also some of these fancier colleges like Stanford and Harvard. You really get a material edge on other workers in the workforce. And if you have the brain power to do it, you should probably go to the university with the, the teachers that have the brain power to teach you. If you have the brain power to get into Harvard, you probably won't be serving your academic needs if you go to a community college. I'm not saying community colleges are bad. I love community colleges. Um, my kids, they're great kids. They're not on the track for Harvard or Stanford. They're on the track for a happy life. And I'd rather have that than to have a little educated kids that are, you know, financially soulless. Total amount of student debt in the United States is 1.56 trillion. I have a little bit of problem with Biden going around right now saying, hey, we want to give forgive $50,000 of student loan debt. No, 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 no. Because the next generation is just going to get the same amount of debt going. We have to fix the college cost problems or set up a free two years of community college for all kids who want it in America. Uh, there's a better solution than just forgiving debt. If you're not going to solve the big problem, it's just going to recreate itself. For some reason, he says, don't give kids an allowance. I think that's up to you and your kids to decide that one. I'm not going to get into your life. Don't try to get rich too quickly. I agree with that one. Don't buy an engagement ring from a jewelry store. I got a better one. Buy a fake diamond. She'll never know. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's talk about Yahoo's company of the year. I know Andy Sewer pretty well, who's the editor at large for Yahoo. And I think he made a really good decision by calling Zoom the company of the year. Zoom became an action verb this year in 2020. We had a global pandemic, a shutdown economy, millions out of work, social distancing became a norm, and millions of Americans turned to Zoom for a lifeline to see other people, to make a human connection. Zoom was founded nine years ago, but it became a household name in 2020. Much like you search the internet by Googling, video chatting has become Zooming. Skyping and FaceTime never, ever got the action verb status. Zoom school has become all too familiar for millions of parents around the world as school closures kept kids off the playgrounds. Zoom came under fire back in March when there were Zoom bombings, when uninvited users would bomb meetings to annoy or harass the people that were supposed to be on the call. 
I find it funny now, but back then it was stressful. The FBI went as far as issuing a warning about teleconferencing hijacking. And that was brought about because of Zoom. See how much they did in 2020? Zoom has become the app used by everyone from the Federal Reserve to everyday Americans trying to keep our social lives afloat. We had a Zoom Thanksgiving and I'm going to have a Zoom Christmas. Zoom saw a year-over-year growth of 367% with the number of customers who spent more than $100,000 in the trailing 12 months grow 136% year-over-year. You may use Zoom as a free feature for 40 minutes as a consumer, but they got customers who are spending over $100,000 a year on the service. That's big business. And big business isn't stupid. Big business is saying, if we can't fly to Hong Kong, we could do a Zoom call to Hong Kong. I saw a startup yesterday that I'm starting to research that is trying to facilitate getting deals done online. It will be interesting. Zoom stock price is skyrocketed, jumping an incredible 475% this year. Is it as good as Tesla? Uh Uh-uh. But I'm not going to make Tesla the company of the year. I'm going to go with Yahoo's. Zoom went public in 2019, April of 2019. Talking about the right time and the right place. But last year at this time, we thought Zoom might have been a tech unicorn. Along the lines of Pinterest, Lyft, and Uber. But Zoom was actually already profitable when they went public. Now, Zoom's biggest problem going forward, in my opinion, is their competition. In this quarter, it's a royal rumble. It's not even a boxing match. It's a royal rumble of wrestling. Where you got Andre the Giant against Hulk Hogan, against The Undertaker, against John Cena, against The Rock. Microsoft, Google, Cisco, Apple, Facebook, they all have video chat services that are popular. Somehow Zoom pulled it off. With the global launch of voice calling solutions, Zoom Phone, the company is on par now with incumbents like Microsoft and Cisco. Right now I'm Skyping into the show. I could be Zooming in. Probably check that audio at some point in time, but when things shut down, we went with the obvious solutions. We should probably check to see what Zoom's phone calls are like. I work with a company that doesn't have a lot of savvy when it comes to technological change. They're much more conservative. So I'm not sure I'm going to convince them of that. Zoom has the advantage of being born in the cloud, which gives it advantage of over other companies like Cisco, which is transitioning its legacy products. There were switches and routers, very hardcore on the earth kind of ideas. Zoom was never designed for consumers. It was built for enterprises. The company wasn't marketed as an option for everyday people to replace the likes of Skype or FaceTime because we had Skype and FaceTime. But Zoom did this thing that was magical. Send someone a link and boom, you're in a video call. At one over company seeking a video communications tool for their employees. You don't have to look up a person's phone number. You send them them an email link to their business email address. Zoom measures 
users numbers by customers with more than 10 employees. And those that paid more than 100,000 last 12 months, the company started the year with 74,100 customers. That's with 10 or more employees again, but that jumped to 433,700 customers with more than 10 employees. It's incredible growth. I know the chief security officer and he's done a nice job, but they've had some security hiccups. They once went out of their way to say, hey, we've got end-to-end protection, and they didn't. And they had to settle that one with the U.S. government. Now, are we going to get Zoomed out? Are we going to get to the point of, like, I could only do one Zoom call a day instead of 10. I'm tired of it. I'm not wearing pants right now. (laughs) Or like the New York Times reporter, um, you really should only do that in the privacy of your own bedroom. (laughs) That was well-timed. Thank you. Um, Yeah, he kind of got fired for, uh, I can't say it on air. But let's just say it was, uh, I I don't want to say it. You could Google it. <laughs> you can't zoom it, but you can Google it. We've had uh, teachers, you know, some of the, the funniest memes of the year, some of the funniest, uh, did that really happen emails? School teachers saying, hey, if you're going to be getting dressed and you're naked in the background of your kid's Zoom school call, please be aware that other children can see you naked and putting on clothes, and it's shocking and upsetting to them. Okay, maybe I'm the only person getting that email. I never got that email, but I got to be self-deprecating from time to time, right? If I'm going to take shots at Sue Zorman, who names themselves Sue's? Seriously? Zoom's ease of use made it a star in the world of the enterprise. Zoom bombing. Um, it, it, it just all plays right together. So New York City is using Zoom again, but New York City had to ban it for a while. The question will be, now that we're starting to get vaccinated for COVID, and the FDA said it even boosts your immunity after one shot. You don't need all, you need both, but it starts after one. Will we still work at home? Will we get on airplanes? Will we go to Hilton's and Marriott's and Hyatt's? Or have we done a, a, a profound shift? I personally can see some areas of the United States sticking with that profound shift. I could see face masks being kind of the norm in the flu seasons coming forward in the future years that may not even have pandemic COVID-19 involved. But that's only in California and New York and some other areas that are like highly compact of people. I don't see it in Texas. I don't see it in Louisiana. Maybe. I don't know. That's where I'm starting to get like frivolous commentary, right? The company is adding capabilities for third-party apps to be plugged into the video service. They're working with new partners like Slack and Box and Dropbox. They've launched its own software development kit so developers can implement Zoom features in their own apps. Fortnite is playing with an idea of instead of getting a headset and a microphone and talking to your fellow squad mates while playing, 
we could put four little boxes and you could see everyone all at the same time with their headsets and the microphones on and talking with a web camera. That's another thing that exploded this year. Logitech is a stock you should look at, consider, think about. Web cameras and accessories for computers. I can personally tell you, I've bought more web cameras this year than I have in the last five years combined. Zoom is not a transaction type software, which means it's not usage-based, but it's a monthly subscription-based. That means even if a post-vaccine world were back to a work in a normal environment, it's not going to be 100% like the way it was in January, February this year. It'll be more of a hybrid environment. I'm very fascinated with the stock um, of what it'll look like post-COVID. Pre-COVID, it was nice. COVID, it was amazing. Post-COVID, will it be nice again? Or will we see a big dip in fatigue? Will we see Microsoft, which technically should be able to thump them? Will we see Microsoft acquire them or Google acquire them for those enterprise customers that are already paying? Will it be an acquisition for a premium or an acquisition for a discount? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone, 800-516-1220. Find me also at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. I didn't hit the story yesterday because it broke a little bit too late in the morning, but I want to hit it today ever so briefly. Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone, has sold his entire song catalog for $300 million. At one point in time in the 1990s, I saw David Bowie sell his music catalog and create what were called Bowie Bonds or Bowie Bonds. So he gave the profits and he got in return dividends from his catalog. I find it fascinating that Bob Dylan was able to sell his catalog for $300 million, north of $300 million. I'm not a musicologist. I like alternative music, college music, new music. I'm not big into the stuff that was big in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yes, I still go back and dip into Nirvana and Pearl Jam on occasion, but very, very rarely. And Smashing Pumpkins. It's the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, but Universal Music Group has acquired Bob Dylan's entire catalog of songs. Last week, uh, Stevie Nicks sold her catalog for over a hundred million. I think she only sold a portion of it. This isn't really going to help me help you in the financial world. So I don't know the details intimately, but with Bob Dylan, the deal includes 600 plus copyrights ranging from 1962's Blowing in the Wind to 1964's The Times, they are changing. And this year's Murder Most Foul. I happen to know Bob Dylan from the weak and pitiful last stage of his career, which is unfortunate. 79 years old, and I don't know his greatest stuff from, I don't appreciate his greatest stuff. This is fantastic. I think we all can do a bad Bob Dylan impression. 
but he won a Nobel Peace Prize. Is that right? A Nobel Prize in Literature. That's how good he was. The Swedish Academy cited his work for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. Um, so Fleetwood Mac front woman, Stevie Nicks, her back catalog. Uh, let's see, sold for 80 million for majority stake. Who else is out there? Barry Manilow, Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders, Blondie and other artists have all done the same kind of thing. Uh, that's pretty interesting. Who knew? I mean, you're 79 years old that you can get a $300 million payday. Personally, I would have done it when I was 70 and I could have had some more time to enjoy the money. But I wasn't in charge and something tells me he's not hurting for cash anyway. So I just throw that out there as congratulations, Mr. Dillon. Your parents would be very proud of you. McDonald's got a downgrade yesterday saying the shares will struggle to keep pushing ahead after hitting new all-time highs in October. McDonald's is the perfect stock for me to talk about why I like the stock market. It, 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 on a pretty regular basis, it hits all-time highs, and it, sometimes it, it, it lacks. But overall, it's hitting all-time highs more often than not. And it's like, same with the stock market. The market hits high seven out of 10 years. That's a pretty good statistic. In the old lexicon of the Rob Black and Your Money show, I'd buy that for a dollar. That's good advice. Buy the stock market because it hits all-time high seven out of 10 years, and it's automatically in fighting inflation if it's pushing the value of your investment higher. My biggest fear is not Jason Voorhees. My biggest fear is not Freddy Krueger. My biggest fear is inflation. Michael Myers doesn't even count. I could take Michael Myers. <laughs> that, talking about a catalog, they continue to milk that and Jamie Lee Curtis and a new Michael Myers and a new Halloween because that music is so compelling and it's just like the Friday the 13th. Kill, 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 kill. No, 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 no. They can make movie after movie after movie. And you know the beauty about horror movies? They're cheap to make. You get a guy who hides behind a mask. He could be a no-name actor. You don't have to have Clooney. The studios want Clooney for the part of Freddy Krueger. It's not going to happen. Um, horror movies have an instant audience in teenagers. It's a rite of passage to go see an R-rated movie when you're 18, a little bit too young, a little bit not ready for it. It's a, it's a rite of passage to sneak in when you're 16. I did it. I remember paying ticket money for like a ticket to see like Pretty Woman, and I just slipped right into a horror movie. I know you're saying you didn't really do that, did you? Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I did sneak into Blackula, which is another conversation we should have at some point in time in history. Maybe not today. But Blackula was a 1970s black exploitation film. So I think it was an all-black cast, essentially. And it was a black Dracula, which I think we could make it today, but I don't know. I remember that movie scared the urine out of me. Like, I know that I peed myself. Because I was like seven or eight when I snuck into it. Um, I rewatched some of it on YouTube and it's not very scary. And my kids mock me for being scared, but that shows you how times change, right? Anyway, um, 
horror movies are great because you don't have any major stars and you give actors their first role. At one point in time, Kevin Bacon wasn't footloose Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was in Friday the 13th part one. He had the arrow pushed through his neck from under the bed. So he gave him an opportunity. And I've seen other actors and actresses have nice opportunities with horror. But anyway, they're really cheap to make and studios make a ton of money on them. That's why you see the Conjuring and the Ouija board movies and the, the doll movies. Really cheap to make and they make a killing on them. Hellraiser once was the most profitable movie in the world because it was so cheap to produce. It didn't make so much money, but the distance between its cost. Anyway, I was going to talk about McDonald's. Dang it. It's performed admirably during the pandemic. One analyst downgraded it, saying, hey, it just hit an all-time high. The celebrity meal partnerships were cute. Jennifer Aniston was in the leprechaun, my producer just threw in. That's a valuable tip, Ed. And the assist goes to KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com.